Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario. Welcome to another episode of Mario's Minutes. This is episode 24. And in case you did not know, this is a little podcast I like to do here on my channel. Uh, now, because this is a podcast, if you would like to listen to this in traditional podcast MP3 audio fashion, you're more than welcome to do so. Just look up Mario's Minute on your favorite podcasting platform or app, and it is available on most of them. Not all of them, but if you're wanting to get a little bit of a visual thing and, you know, come to the channel, as I did mention channel, uh, I do have a YouTube channel by the same name, Mr. Mario 2011, as I introduced myself by, and there's a visual component to this. It's a small visual component, mind you, just kind of a visualizer, so to speak, uh, but if I talk about anything related to the comment section, that's where I'm going to be interacting and all that. Uh, I do want to say this does typically come out on the last Wednesday of every month, and this month it is Christmas Day when it comes out, so I'm not recording this on Christmas, I am recording it a little bit early, but I do want to wish you all, if you are celebrating, a Merry Christmas. I hope you all have had a fantastic holiday, or if you are going to be celebrating here soon, I hope you will have a fantastic holiday. I know some people might do it earlier, some people might do it later, and uh, funny enough, I actually want to talk about the previous holiday, because funny enough, I think it was, let me see, yeah, the last Mario's Minute, that was episode 23, that I had uh, that one martini on, that's actually the day before Thanksgiving, and the funny thing is, I even said on there, hey, maybe you can listen to this if you need a little bit of time and maybe it's just some just some alone time, something to do by yourself uh, on Thanksgiving holiday because everybody needs, you know, it could be overwhelming at times. You know, you have a bunch of family over, you're hanging out with a bunch of family, what have you. It happens to the best of us, right? So maybe this time you need it for Christmas, and if I can help you out this Christmas holiday, then awesome. Now, unfortunately, I can't talk about my Christmas holiday right now because it has not happened as I was recording it, but again, I hope you all have a fantastic Christmas or whatever holiday you're going to be celebrating, whatever wintertime holiday. I myself, I uh, I have always celebrated Christmas. Um... I've never really looked at it as a religious thing, funny enough, even though I understand, you know, the, the whole, you know, idea behind it and everything. Uh, to me, it's not even really a super commercialized thing, mind you. Like, it's not like, oh, presents or anything. It's just, it, it's the overall feeling and the overall just, you know, jolly happiness that I feel around this time. I also like giving more than receiving, so it's kind of at this point, it's been like this for several years now. I really don't even ask for anything for Christmas, or if I do ask for something, it's like, oh, well, if you're going to get me something, here's this thing that doesn't cost that much money. Um, and if there is a present, I will take it. But most of the time, I'm like, no, I like to give more, and uh, I, I like to, you know, put that feeling out there for sure. But anyways, I did talk about, the wanted to discuss the, uh, the last holidays, so I did want to bring that up, funny enough. Uh, Thanksgiving. Thankfully, I, I did have a good time then. Uh, I actually ended up having my family come up and hang out with me. Uh, it was my parents, my brothers, and they brought some guinea pigs. So uh, they do have a couple guinea pigs, and it was a fun time. Overall, it was a real fun week when I got to host them. We had some delicious food. We had some good times. And how do I how would I put this lightly? My dog Lily, she thinks these guinea pigs are food because guinea pigs are a lot like little rodents or squirrels or rabbits, and she thinks those are food. So 
there's times we have to be really careful. Essentially, if the guinea pigs are out playing or something, we have to have Lily in her crate. If the Lily is out, we can't have the guinea pigs, you know, just out and about and running around all over the place. And whenever we left the house, usually Lily's pretty good now where it's actually been for how long has it been? I think it's been for over a year now at this point. Uh, I've actually just let her have free reign of the house whenever I leave for work or anything. So that way she's not in her crate or what have you. And she just has the TV playing in the background. But whenever we would all leave to go somewhere, I could not have Lily running around the house by herself. Um, and my girlfriend and I actually discussed this because I was thinking, I was like, do you think Lily would really eat them? And we kind of both came to the conclusion of, she might not eat the guinea pigs, but we feel like she would probably do all she could to go after them if there was nobody around, and she would probably murder the little things. I know it's very, we're starting off very dark here, but thankfully that didn't happen. And the, the, the main idea I have behind that, the main reason why I believe that is because Look, she she has looked at them directly. She has tried to chase after them if she thought maybe they jumped out of their cage or something. And there was one time we put her in her crate, Lily, and we had the guinea pigs out and they were playing like right in front of her. And she was staring them down and happily drooling. She had this giant open mouth smile and there was just piles of drool coming out. Like there's there's no mistake there. There's no playfulness or anything. No, that's just kind of nature running its course and I know you can train dogs out of it if you're really, really diligent about it. Unfortunately, or fortunately in this case, I just don't have any small pets that live with me consistently. And Lily's older now. She's four years old in human years. She's over four years old at this point, actually. By the time some people listen to this, she might be five years old. Damn. Damn, time flies. But either way, it's kind of too late to train her out of that. So, unfortunately, that's not so much the case. But aside from that... Thanksgiving was really awesome. Thankfully, nothing negative happened between, you know, Lily and the guinea pigs, and uh, it was just a real fun time overall. That's also another one of my favorite holidays, and that's why I love, I don't know, quarter four of every year I just absolutely love. You have, like, back-to-back -back holidays, because October you have Halloween, November you have Thanksgiving, December you have Christmas, of course, and if you want to toss in New Year's, you can, and you kind of cheat there because you get New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, so that kind of goes into the new year. Uh, also, at that point, you know, that's when a lot of real cool stuff is coming out, and if you are younger and you do like getting presents, or maybe you just want to get presents just because it doesn't matter what age you are, then that's also a good time to get presents, and, you know, hopefully family and friends are going to be hanging out and everything. So it was a damn good time. I, I very much enjoyed myself, and I'm hoping, you know, about the same thing for this Christmas holiday as well, too. I do plan to spend it with some family and everything, so that's going to be a good time for sure. I, I have high hopes about it. So one thing, I just kind of have some, some random stories that I want to tell this episode, you know? Um, I guess one story that I could tell here is a computer that I had quote-unquote fixed up recently. <laughs> now, this is a PC that I built, when was it? It had to be two or three years ago, something along those lines. Uh, it was for one of my best friends, Sean. I'm sure you all have seen him on the channel if you've hung out on here long enough. And I actually built out this PC uh, as a request of his aunt and uncle. 
they were wanting a desktop PC, just something basic enough that would work and, you know, get the job done for whatever they needed to do. And several months later, Sean, his brother, actually bought a lower to mid-range GPU and installed it in there so his cousin could actually game on it. Now, his aunt and uncle really weren't equipped for a PC, per se. Uh, their setup is they had a kind of a spare keyboard, a spare mouse, and then they were using like a 32-inch TV, and they just kind of put it on a table, and we hooked the PC up that way. Um... Wasn't really the best setup, unfortunately, but it is a setup nonetheless, and I don't think they've branched off of that. Uh, but either way, the I guess the positive and negative there. So they did pay because I bought the parts. They did pay me back for parts, and then they paid me back a little bit more as well too. Kind of tipped on top of that, which I said, you know, thank you, I appreciate it. Now, for anybody who's ever been in this position before where you've built a PC or you've helped out someone with, you know, any type of electronic related issue, a lot of times you kind of become on the hook for any type of repair or anything after that. And I guess for somebody who isn't as tech literate and they don't want to take things apart and really diagnose and see what's going on, it would kind of make the most sense in this aspect. It's, oh, Mr. Mario was the one who built the PC, so therefore he is the one who would probably know the best about this. And, um, uh, of course, like, when I was doing that, I, I don't feel like charging for this. I don't want to. I would feel kind of guilty about that. Like, if you want to if, if you wanna pay, pay me back for all the parts and everything I paid for and all that, uh, if you want to pay me a little bit for my time, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, anything after that, unless it's anything real dire, I'm, I'm not going to do too much else, like, in terms of, you know, damage to the wallet. So, what ended up happening was I have had to look at this PC a couple times, and it's funny because Sean's aunt and uncle live in a completely different city. So there are times whenever there's an issue that's going on, it pretty much has to go from his aunt and uncle or his cousin to Sean and then Sean to me, and then it has to go from me to Sean, and then from Sean back to his family. And this isn't even just like the physical unit, right? I'm talking about just like trying to diagnose and figure out a problem. <laughs> so what ended up happening was um, at one point they ran into an issue. Like, you know, I built out the PC and that took a bit of time, but uh, I, I went down to this city with Sean one time. Just I was hanging out there. And we brought the desktop, and I hooked it up for them. And then what ended up happening, like, all seemed to work well enough. A few months later, Sean and his brother installed the GPU. And at one point after that, they said that the PC stopped working. And I also felt a little bit bad, too, because I'm just like, oh, shit, you know, this is something I, I built for you all. I want to make sure it was long-lasting. So what happened was there was another time I was visiting, and we all decided to, it was myself, Sean, a few other friends, we went over to his family's house, and we started partially taking apart the PC, and we tested out a few things, and we couldn't determine if it was a CPU issue, or if it was a RAM issue, or if it was a motherboard issue, and unfortunately, there's not really any good PC or electronic shops in that city. So I said, you know what, if you don't mind, I will take the PC home with me. I will diagnose it at home. I will relay all the info through Sean. And they said that is fine. And they, they've been champs with this. And the funny thing is just even that, from the point of it breaking 
to me taking it home and diagnosing it, that was like a month. So I felt so bad sometimes because times they would go like a month without a working PC. So what happened was I took the PC with me, I brought it to my place, and immediately what I did, like when I decided to uh, test it out, I used my own personal desktop as, you know, kind of spare parts, and I was able to determine within a minute what the issue was. And the issue was RAM. Their RAM stick had gone bad. And the way I tested this was I just opened up this PC, I opened up my PC, I took out one stick of RAM from my PC, I took out the one stick of RAM that they had in this PC, put in my stick of RAM, and the PC worked beautifully. And I was running it, I tried a game on there, I tried all this other stuff, and all I did was replace the RAM. So at that point, thankfully I had bought G-Skill RAM, or unthankfully, now at this point, shit, I've bought... There's been two times I can think of now in my life that I've bought G-Skill RAM and I had to use that damn warranty. But the warranty is very good. In short, G-Skill has a lifetime, uh, what is it, a lifetime warranty on their RAM. So if your RAM, just here's a pro tip, if you have G-Skill RAM and it ever goes bad, all you have to do is you contact them and then you're going to have to provide them your proof of purchase and maybe include some photos. And at that point, they will say, awesome, please send us the defective RAM. We will send you some brand new product in return. And that's exactly what happened. It was very easy to do because I was the one who bought the parts. I just pulled up the original invoice. I sent it them as proof. I sent out the RAM. Maybe two weeks later, I got a brand new stick of RAM in the mail. I slotted it in. The computer worked beautifully. Bada bing, bada boom. I put it all back together, gave it back to Sean. I said, here, get it over to your family whenever they can. And I think he, it changed hands a few more times because he gave it to his cousin who then later on at one point brought it back to her family. So it was just easier to do it that way. So another point was this was a lot more recently, obviously. I got contacted again. Uh, Sean let me know. He said, hey, the PC's not working again. I'm like, what? Okay. Oh man, I feel bad. This is my PC that I built. This has now been two major issues. Okay. What's going on? I, I asked, I was like, D what's going on? And they said, well, it's not booting up. I said, is it not booting up or is it not turning on? They said, well, it's not displaying anything. I'm just like, shit, I don't know what that means. Like that could mean a million things. So I said, I don't know what the issue is right now. It's not beep. Like, and I, I think I asked about beeps or anything. They said, no, it's, it doesn't seem to do that. So again, I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, is it GPU? Is it RAM? Is it CPU? Is it motherboard? Like, what's happening? So what happened was um, I had, I think Sean, he has, funny enough, he, from from being friends with me, from being friends with another one of our mutual friends who's technical, and from having to service two of his family members' MacBooks continuously through college, He's actually gotten pretty good at doing basic level troubleshooting when it comes to PCs. So he had to kind of dictate to his cousin who lived there in this city how to troubleshoot it, what was going on. And apparently, because the parents don't know anything, the cousin tried several things and he's like, nope, it doesn't work. And I couldn't get any further detail aside from that. So I was just like, you know what? Just, I feel so bad. But next time you visit, take their PC, bring it to my place, we'll see what's going on. So th then they went like a month or two without their PC again working, which I felt bad about because it took like a month for Sean to bring it up to his place. And then it took about three weeks to a month for us to figure out a time 
that we could hang out and look at this. Because I think we hung out twice, and the first time he forgot to bring the PC. And then the second time he did bring it over. And we did some other stuff, like we, we went out to lunch, we were hanging out that day. And then we came back to my place, and I tested the PC. And you want to know that w- what was wrong with this thing? Nothing. <laughs> so what happened was I immediately said, okay, I want to make sure this thing boots up. So I plugged it in, turn it on, it beeps one time, and that's it. But I had the HDMI hooked up to the motherboard when mistakenly I should have had it hooked up to the GPU. So I said, all right, it seems to be fine right now, but let me rewire this. So I turned it off. I kind of got it in a better spot. I hooked up, you know, um, uh, speakers, a keyboard, mouse. I hooked up my, uh, my monitor to the GPU itself. Turn it on. I see the BIOS splash screen comes up. I hear the post beep, and then it boots up Windows, and then it logs in, and then it brings up a million things that they have loaded on their computer. I mean, this thing took like 10 minutes for it to become usable, right? So it was funny because Sean just sat there in disbelief, and he was like, what? Are you kidding me? And he is just like, he wasn't cussing, but he was just in disbelief. He was in audible disbelief as Windows 10 was booting up. And I asked him, I was like, so Sean, what's the issue? He's like, they said it doesn't work. I was like, Sean, it looks like it works. What's the issue? And he's like, Danny, it, 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 they said it doesn't work. I'm like, I, I'm having a hard time believing that right now. So I said, Let, let's get to the desktop. And I just want to make sure everything works. So again, it took like 10 minutes for the desktop to load properly. But once it did, the internet came up. I was able to browse the internet. And then I said, let's try this again. So I turned the computer off completely. I turned it back on. It was slow, but it worked. So I told Sean, I was like, yo, Sean, so what's the issue here? Because I've booted this up three times in a row successfully. And it's been successful each time. I I don't know what's going on here. And Sean just kind of threw his hands up. He's like, I don't know. But he was even in disbelief. The, the best thing was, I think that the third time we booted it, he was like, what did you do? What did you do? I said, Sean, I, I didn't do anything. I honestly, I, I'm being honest with you, man. I did nothing. I hooked up the PC and turned it on. That's exactly what I did. There's, there's nothing broken about this right now. So Sean's just kind of looking at the PC, just like disappointed. And he was like, you know, I'm happy, but I kind of... I thought it was going to be more. And I said, I know I was prepared. Like we were going to have to go to a local shop here and find parts and then maybe return some stuff and figure out what's going on and swap out a few things. Like I was prepared to go all in on this thing and take it apart, but we didn't even have to do that. And I asked Sean to, you know, kind of explain again what was going on. And they said, yeah, um, they turn on the PC. Nothing shows up on screen. It doesn't boot up. And I said, well, that's, that's not what we're seeing right now. So he kind of just asked, he was like, well, can you like just do some maintenance on it or something? I said, sure. So I, I gave them like kind of like the, the massage works of what I like to do when I have, you know, a friend's PC that I'm working on. Uh, what I did was they were using a vast antivirus that was bogging it down horribly. So I ripped out a vast. I just set it to use fully updated, you know, Windows Defender, which is actually really good as long as you keep it up to date. And it runs in the background. So if you're not messing around with your firewall settings, it's perfectly fine. But that was fine. I installed Malware Bytes. I ran that. I end up doing one of those like full restart virus scans, which it found a few things, but essentially. You have to make it restart your PC, which I'd never done, but it restarts your PC, and when Windows is booting up, that's when it does the virus scan, so it can get it, you know, in, like, the cleanest state it can, so there's not that many moving parts, so 
I did that. Uh, they had a million things that would open up. Steam, Spotify, Internet Explorer, all this other crap that would open up. So I went in and I turned all that stuff off. And I told Sean, I was like, you know, if you want to do something cool for them, um, we could go out, buy a solid state drive, image the hard drive to the solid state, and it'd be a lot faster. And Sean kind of thought about it, and I looked at the price. He said, no, nah, no, nah, I think that's okay. They don't need it because everything was on the hard drive. So in the end, I did time this. I had it going from like a 7 or 10-minute boot up from, you know, turning on the PC to it becoming usable on the desktop. That went from like 10 minutes to 45 seconds. I was proud of that. After I did all the cleanup, after I went in and I disabled a ton of stuff they didn't need. I was like, you do not need 20 programs to open up as soon as you turn on your PC. So I said, look, Steam, Spotify, they're going to have to open those up manually, but that's okay. Everything should be a lot faster now. And it was. So really just, you know, doing a virus scan, doing a malware scan, changing out the antivirus. Um, yeah, that was about it. I checked for fragments on the disk drive. The disk drive, you know, it seemed to be okay. Because um, Windows defragger just kind of automatically runs. So what happened there was... <laughs> Sean and I were still in disbelief as we're going through all of this, and then I even, at one point, I completely disconnected the PC, moved it around, hooked it back up at another place, and it seemed to still work just fine. So I told Sean, I said, Sean, take this to them, turn it on, make sure it works. If they tell you, like, at any point in time in the future that it's not working, that's doing the same thing, I need you to go over there and look and see what they're doing, because I feel like this might be user error. And he, he agreed with me, and I said, like, you know, if they're saying that this is hooked up to their TV and it wasn't displaying anything, it might not have been on the right HDMI port, or maybe the HDMI cable wasn't plugged in all the way or something. And he was telling me, he said, yeah, you know, my cousin would have looked at that stuff, though, but he, even though he's not the most technical person, I think he would have done a little bit. And then even Shawnee said, he's like, hey, my bad, I should have checked out when I was there, but I was just really tired. I just went there, got the PC, and brought it up with me. So I said, you know, no big deal on there. But I told him, I said, honestly, there's not a single thing wrong with this computer, aside from it being slow. I've tried to put it through its paces. I cannot get it to fail. It's running better than it ever has before at this point, after I cleaned up a lot of crap and did maintenance on, you know, on the actual operating system and such. And I said, at this point, dude, if there's another issue that comes up, if they call you with a vague answer, like with a vague issue and say it's not booting up, uh, I need you to go over there and just sit there and witness them trying to use it. Because I feel like at this point, it is user operation error of some kind. And he agreed with me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that, that was the fun time I had. I, th I think the last thing that was related to that was he said he was going to tell them if they asked what was wrong with the computer. He was going to tell them, oh, yeah, I worked on it a little bit, and it was fine. I said, no, Sean, you're giving me way too much credit. I literally turned on the PC, and it booted up just fine. And he was saying, well, I want to I want to tell them something. I don't want it to sound that easy. I was like, no, Sean, you need to downplay what I did as much as possible to let them know there was nothing wrong with the PC, and all I did was turn it on. I hooked it up. I turned it on. It worked. It, it being slow is not an issue. But it wasn't not booting up is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the that's the most recent PC repair stuff I had to do, which was, uh, that was a fun time, for sure. That was an absolute fun time. So, Christmas talk, I, I do want to bring this up a little bit as I, uh, excuse me, I'm going to get some water here. I wanted to bring up some of the stuff here. 
So I've talked about, you know, when I do things for Christmas, I like to be more giving than receiving, I would certainly say. And this year, I feel like I definitely went uh, a bit all in in regards to, you know, getting presents for people. And I'm not going to reveal everything here. I more just want to talk about what I got for my younger brothers. So my brothers were visiting me over uh, Thanksgiving holiday. And what I did was I had, you know, several presents that I had picked up. And I was going to give them to my family. And I said, hey, you take these back home with you. So that way, you know, I don't have to pay for shipping and all that stuff. But... I talked about this on, what was it, on Thrifty Gaming Pickups, that was it. Uh, in case you don't know, that's another series that I do on my second channel where I kind of just go through and it's myself and my dog Lily and we just go in and I show you all the stuff that I've gotten, you know, gaming related deals on, whether it's things I bought online or at garage sales or mainly thrift stores or bookstores or game shops, what have you. Uh, but there was one episode where I revealed some of the presents that I was getting them. And the big ones are, so I've I've given my brothers all of their consoles that they have. And I have absolutely spoiled them. That was my goal. I said, I, I, I want to be that cool older brother. And several of them are modified. Some of them are not. Like the Xbox One, you can't modify it. For anybody who might try and debate me on it, look, um, like cosmetic mods, I'm not going to count that. Uh, going into dev mode, I'm not going to count that. I'm talking about, like, you know, actually modifying the system in, you know, it's game OS, retail OS. But uh, I've modified their Wii, their Xbox 360, their PS3, several other systems. Um, but I ended up getting them. These ones are not modded. Their new, their new, new, new systems are not. But I got them a PS4 Pro, and I got them a Switch. And the main reasons for these are, this is actually the second Switch. The first one, I gave to them Christmas of 2017. That was it. And I, you know, I've liked the Switch since the beginning. And I was able to find a good deal on one. And I gave it to them. And it was really funny because my parents were actually really excited about it. And I was like, well, guess what? You all are getting one. Shh, don't tell them, but just take this home, hide it somehow. So I'd given them their first Switch. Now, the problem is... My older brother of the two, they're both younger than me, but I'm going to refer to them as older and younger, I guess. The older brother kind of monopolizes the Switch. Uh, he likes to play in portable mode. He's brought it to school with him, I'm pretty sure. Uh, not even pretty. I know he's brought it to school with him, all right? Apparently, he will hide it under his pillow, and then when he's supposed to be sleeping, he'll be playing on his Switch, and he, he monopolizes it. And the younger brother, he mainly likes to play on the Xbox One. So that's the main system that he plays on. So what ended up happening with this was at one point, my youngest brother asked me, hey, I want to get a Switch Lite for Christmas because I want to play with my bro here. And it's kind of hard to do sometimes with one Switch. Like, I think we should both have multiple, like we should both have a personal Switch and we could play online that way or, you know, local multiplayer. And he was specifically wanting the Switch Lite. And I said, no. We're not getting you the Switch Lite because you all already have one Switch in the household. I feel like you all should be equal, and you all are going to have the all of the extra stuff that a Switch comes with compared to a Switch Lite. And he was just like, yeah, I guess, I guess. He seemed a little bit bummed about it. And I think it's just because, you know, the, the Switch Lite, it's, you know, new tech, it's cute, it's sexy. I mean, that is a very cute little system. We do have one in our house. My girlfriend owns a Switch Lite, and it is a very cute little Switch. 
<laughs> but I said, you know, for you guys, this way you'll have multiple Joy-Con available, you'll have multiple docks in the house, you'll have multiple chargers, um, it, it, it'll be, a, it, I, I know, I'm going to make an ex executive decision here, I know it's going to be better if you get a regular Switch as opposed to a Switch Lite. So that way you'll have two regular Switches with regular accessories in the household. And he was... I could just tell he was a little bit bummed about it, but at the same time, it was very much a thing of like, well, dude, you either get a regular Switch or no Switch. What do you want? <laughs> so we never really confirmed it there, but that's just kind of the idea. And he kept asking me for months and months, and I was like, maybe, maybe we'll talk about it, maybe. So I ended up getting a deal on this Switch. And I had talked about this in Thrifty Gaming Pickups, but I can, you know, share it here. So this Switch, I ended up finding locally. I found it on Craigslist within like an hour or two of the ad going live, um, and it seemed too good to be true, but there were photos and everything. I contacted the guy, and I think the next day I went out and bought it. And this was a Switch, and I can't, I did not test it, I did not check the serial number. So I can't verify, it's not the new Switch, like the one with better battery life. But I don't think it's the old Switch that can be modified, which is fine because their regular Switch is all stock, this new one is going to be all stock. So it's fine. But for $200, I end up getting the Switch with a third-party Power-A wired controller. Um, it came with the box, the instructions, and everything. Like, it was pretty much complete. And it came with both Fire Emblem games. So Fire Emblem Awakening and Fire Emblem Three Houses. Funny enough, I found this deal the day after I had paid $45 for... Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I thought was a great deal, and it still is, and I tried to return that copy, and I bought it online, you know, from another person, and he said, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do return, I was like, that's, mm, okay, you can, but that's fine, there's nothing wrong with it, um, yeah, it's just, I'm gonna have two copies of the game now, so I found out my brothers don't like Fire Emblem, they've tried it, it's just not their thing, they're not interested in it, so I said, whatever, it's all good, I already own both these games, I don't need two copies of these games. So I reached out to one of my friends, um, Pathgen David, who I've also had on here and on the channel, and I asked him, hey, do you like the Fire Emblem games? He said, yeah. I was like, do you want them? And he was like, well, you know, maybe, I don't know, I might get them at one point. I said, don't pay for them, I'm going to give them to you, both of them, for that's your Christmas present. He said, oh, thank you, I appreciate it. So um, at this point, while I'm recording this, I still need to give them to him. But either way, uh, so I got that situated, so I can split that out, and the Switch with the extra controller, that's going to my brother, and that was all 200 bucks right there, so that's why I was saying, you know, I can look secondhand and all that as well too, because for $200, I ended up getting a complete Switch with two new, like one pretty new game, one, you know, kind of, it's not new, okay, point is, I got a full Switch in great condition with two games, two good games, and a extra wired controller. Like, that is a phenomenal deal right there. So, I end up getting that, and then at one point, it was that same weekend, actually, that I had bought the Switch, uh, I wanted to get a PS4. So, I was looking to get the PS4 Pro, 
And my limit on that was going to be $250 because I was saying, you know what, I think, I don't think they're going to go that low for Black Friday, but if they do, they're not going to go as low as 250 brand new. And I was right, they didn't, but they were selling for 300 bucks, which is still a good deal for a PS4 Pro. Either way, I did reach out to someone, uh, again, just on Craigslist, super nice dude, and I found a PS4 Pro with Destiny 2, a physical copy of it, and it was like the um, the Taken, is it the Taken King? Uh, Forsaken, that's it. It was Destiny 2 Forsaken, which doesn't really matter because he redeemed the code already on his account, which I told him I wouldn't use, and so he wiped the system beforehand, but it's just the base Destiny 2 game that I can use. And even that's kind of useless now because Destiny 2, the base game, has gone free to play. So I just took it and put it on my shelf. And I got Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I was like, oh, this is actually a game I want to play. And I know my brothers really aren't going to be into it. So that is a game that I'm keeping. So I kept the two games for the PS, uh, PS4 Pro. But I ended up finding that for 250 bucks. It worked fine. It was running beautifully. It was in good condition as well, too. And then I ended up using, so pretty much for all of this, and I had talked about this as well too on Thrifty Gaming Pickups, I was able to kind of negate all the money that I had spent on that. Because in short, I decided to kind of cash in on my credit card, like cashback rewards early. And with all that, I was able to, you know, pretty much use all that reward money I had built up and all the cash back, I just end up redeeming it as statements on my credit cards. And I was able to pay for the PS4 Pro. I was able to pay for the Switch. And then one of my credit cards, I don't have any cash back on there, but you get reward points when you buy stuff and you can use those points for just things on their store. And they're look, they're super inflated, right? They are incredibly inflated. But you know, if you're not really using your points and every few years you check in, you can get some good stuff. I think the last time I used my points on this card was two years ago and I bought a, I was able, well, buy, I was able to use them to redeem a brand new Switch game. I think I got, what was it? It wasn't Mario Kart. I think it was, no, it came with Legend of Zelda. So I think, no, it came with Mario Kart Legend. Which one was it? No, I think I have that wrong. This Switch that I gave my brothers, the first one, um, it had come with Mario Kart already. And then I bought Mario Odyssey separately. And I used my credit card reward points to get Zelda Breath of the Wild. That was it. So I was able to get that without directly paying for it. So two years later, I ended up tapping into those points again and I ended up getting a brand new PS4 controller that way. So it was no money, no direct money came out of my pocket. And then all the other money that did, I was able to pretty much cancel it out. So I'd say that all worked well enough there. <laughs> but what happened was at one point I decided to spoil this for my brothers when they were visiting. And it was really funny because I just kind of like pulled them to the side real quick at one point and I said, hey guys, so I need to tell you about what you all are getting. So y'all stop bugging me, y'all stop asking, you reset your expectations, you know what you're getting. They said, okay, cool. And I was like, hey, you, younger brother, you're going to be getting a Switch. And his face just like lit up and he was kind of taken aback, like he couldn't believe it. And I was like, you're not getting a Switch Lite, you're getting a regular Switch. Um, it's going to come with everything that you need. So that's going to be your present. 
And he was like, oh, okay, cool, thank you. And he was just, he was so taken aback. And I think he even made a comment. He was some, it said something like, yeah, you know, I think this will be better than getting the Switch lights. So that way we can have all the stuff. And I was like, exactly. Exa I, the thing I told you months ago, you finally understand it now. So he was, he would have been happy with a Switch light as well too. But now he, he sees the light, so to speak, as to why the regular Switch would be better in his situation. So he was like, oh, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He's freaking out about it. Then I turned to the older brother. I said, hey, so I'm going to be getting you something. He said, okay. I said, I'm going to get you. This is on pre-order already. It's going to be my gift to you. Final Fantasy VII Remake. And he was like, oh, what? All right, because he's been he has been asking me about this game for years before it was even announced. Years before it was announced, he's been obsessed with Final Fantasy VII and has been asking me about this. All right, which I'm not annoyed by at all. Like I love that he has that passion for it, but he's been asking me about this for so long. So I said, you know what? Uh, completely out of pocket. You don't have to pay anything. As soon as it comes out, it's gonna arrive on your doorstep in March. It, it's hard to believe in March 2020 we're gonna be getting Final Fantasy VII remake. Either way, he was really excited, and he was, you know, thanking me and all that. And I was like, but there's a problem here. Because how are you going to play Final Fantasy VII Remake? He's like, oh, what do you mean? I said, dude, how are you going to play it? He's like, I don't know. It's on Switch, right? I said, no, it's not on Switch. He's like, is it coming on Xbox? And I said, nope, it's not going to be coming on Xbox. Even though, look, look, it is supposed to be coming out. I know. It, just let me have my fun here. I know it's a timed exclusive. It's been confirmed that it's going to get PS4 exclusivity for at least one year. And my prediction is going to be it's going to be exclusive on PS4, and then a year later, it's going to get remastered on PS5. And then we're going to start seeing it on other systems. That's my prediction. But let me just have my fun with this, all right? So I was telling him this, and I'm, you know, kind of just stringing him along. I'm like, no, it's it's not coming out on Switch. It's not coming out on Xbox. And he's just sitting there thinking about it. And he's a bright kid. So I was a little bit surprised with this. But he's just sitting there thinking about it. And then my younger brother had to just spell out for me. He's like, dude, are you kidding me? You're, you're getting a PS4. Don't you understand? And he was just in disbelief. And I said, yes, you're getting a PS4 now. So in a few months, you can play and enjoy Final Fantasy VII Remake. And they both just freaked out about it, and they're real excited for it too. So I also told them, I said, well, look, the reason why I told you all this is because I wanted you all to kind of have these expectations here, know what you're getting, so you all stop bugging me about, you know, getting the, mainly the Switch. I said, stop asking me about the Switch. I've had it. You're going to be getting it. It's all good. It's done. The money's been spent. <laughs> and um, then I said, I was like, well, here's the thing. As for the PS4, um, I need to know, because you all have no games for the PS4, and this week is Black Friday week all week, in addition to Thanksgiving, of course, so what are some things that you might like that we can get? Because I would like to get you all games now, because they are cheaper, but I only want to get you what you guys are interested in, so I ended up hooking them up. Uh, I bought the Game of the Year version of Spider-Man for myself, so I can get all the DLC, but I already own the game. So I bought the Game of the Year edition, and I end up giving them the uh, just the regular edition of Spider-Man. So they're getting that. I end up getting them all the Kingdom Hearts games. So they got Kingdom Hearts The Story so far, 
as well as Kingdom Hearts 3 on PS4, uh, they did want Little Big Planet 3. Like, they fondly remember playing those games. So I ended up getting them Little Big Planet 3. And there was a... Was that it? I think that was it, yeah. Of course, they're, they have a pre-order already, you know, set up for Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I think the last thing, which I've hinted to them... Oh, no, 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 I know, I know. The last thing that I've hinted to them... Uh, which they don't know they're getting yet while I'm recording this, is uh, the Star Wars Jedi game. I, I, the name is escaping me right now. I don't even have it on hand. Like It's it's coming in the mail right now because I found a deal on it, so I got a copy of it for myself. I got a copy of it for them, and I'm really excited to play this. But yeah, uh, one of my brothers who is Star Wars obsessed, he has expressed a lot of interest in wanting to play it. And I think the last PS4 game I got, so like the true last one, was uh, Pez 2020. So they are just balling all out with their PS4. They're super hyped. They're excited about it. It's, it's going to be a good-ass time. And I mean, just stuff like that, it, 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 brings, it brings a smile to my face. It, it definitely does. Now, I guess even the, the funny thing is on there. And I, I didn't... I wasn't going to talk about this, actually, but I, I'll go ahead and bring it up here. So, it's ironic, because, you know, I just talked about these new systems that I'm getting my brothers, but I had seen this, and I might make a separate video about it, I'm not sure, maybe just, like, discussing it with you all, but I had seen a clip on, it was actually today, it was on Reddit, um, I had seen a clip of a wife, it was just a reaction thing, it was a wife who had gotten her husband a Nintendo 64 as a present, and this shit just warmed my heart, you all, all right? Because I had seen this, and essentially the wife hands the husband a box. And he's he's being recorded, both of them are, and he opens up the box, and he sees a brand new AV cable, and he looks at it. And he's looking, and like three seconds in, you could tell he recognizes it. And he like looks at the camera and just kind of like, is this really what I think it is? And then he goes further into the box. And he pulls out the N64, and then he unwraps it. And as it's being unwrapped, he's getting happier and happier, and he's getting excited. And his wife is next to him, just like, literally, she's just bouncing up and down, like, just going off the walls, excited over his excitement. I think the wife was more excited for the N64 than he was, and he was just in absolute shock. And I had looked at that, and I'd, you know, talked about it a bit on social media, and I said, this is why I prefer... If I can, I prefer to, like, I, I enjoy giving the gift of older systems to people. Um, I like to see, you know, what systems they grew up with, what they remember, and then I try and, like, customize an experience for them and such, and, you know, essentially what I'll do is, like, let's say, like this, for example, right? Um, I know my, one of my good friends, uh, Colton, he had actually, also known as, like, the only Zoltan. So for his, him and his wife's wedding, um, I actually, for their wedding presents, I ended up giving them a PS2 and a PS1, and both of them were modified, and I'd shown them how to use them and everything, and they were just so excited. But that's actually a video even up on the channel, not the PS1, but the PS2, where I bought this, like, rough-looking PS2 on eBay for not that much money, ripped it apart, completely cleaned it up, put it back together, modified it, tested it, made sure it was all working well. 
And he says, like, even it, sometimes he'll bring it up, sometimes I'll ask about it. And he's just like, dude, that's that's seriously one of my favorite presents that I've gotten. And I found out from his brother because they had they just had such a fond time when they were kids playing the PS2. And I know that him and his wife were using it as well, too. So I love something like that. Uh, one of my friends had a, not a housewarming, but he moved into a house that he had purchased. And for a housewarming present, I gave him a modified original Xbox. And it was really funny because when I first gave it to him, he's like, oh, Xbox, cool, thank you, dude, this is awesome. And I was kind of sitting there and I was like, hmm, maybe this is a little selfish, but why isn't he using it? I thought he would just like hook it up and go nuts. And about an hour or two into hanging out with him, I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you that Xbox is modded. And he just, no words. He looks at me, he looks at the Xbox, he runs over, takes it to his TV and immediately hooks it up. And he was just sitting there, he's like, I'm so dumb. I, I knew, like, I know you, dude, I know you. I should have assumed that it was modded, but I I don't know why, it just didn't click in my head. And he turns it on, he sees the custom bios, he is, because it was hard modded, of course, but it, he sees the custom bios, I'm explaining it to him as well, and I cleaned this up, refurbished it, and all that as well. And he's just going through the menus and just going nuts over this thing, right? And... I love giving experiences like that that will just tap into that nostalgia of something that somebody really loves. And it's it goes both ways. It's something I enjoy doing. First of all, it's it's pretty light on the wallet, admittedly. You know, a lot of these systems you can get for pretty affordable prices. And then I enjoy it. It's therapeutic. It's fun. I enjoy taking the system apart, cleaning it up, putting it back together, restoring it, modifying it further and everything, seeing what I can do. And then presenting people with this childhood, this childhood in a box, essentially, you know, just giving it to them. And I, I love being able to do that. And to me, that will give a better reaction than a brand new console, you know, because in my logic, I mean, as long as you can afford it, anyone can go out and buy a new or used system and give it to someone, and they'll be happy, and they'll be appreciative. Don't get me wrong. But I guess to me, if I'm giving someone a gift, it, it does... I like the thought of something more, and I just believe that there's more thought and heart and effort that goes into finding out what system someone grew up with, what exactly they liked about that system, then maybe going out of your way to get a hold of one to refurbish it. So you're opening it, you're making sure this thing is going to be spick and span and clean and it's not going to cause you or, you know, the end user any issues. You modify it and customize it to their liking and everything and present it to them. And not only you see their excitement and their surprise, but you see just all of their, you know, their fondness for this thing come out. Because with the new system, you know, if they don't if they don't own a PS4 or Switch or something, they get to write history on that as soon as you give it to them. And that's great. You know, that that is fantastic and they should be appreciative of it. Um but there's something else, you know, when you're tapping into that just that raw memory right there. And I I absolutely love being able to do that. So, I also I brought this up as well too because I'd had in the past, I had, and it's a very small minority, but I had a very small minority of just, like, negative people who had, you know, seen, like, the PS2 video, and they are just like, they pretty much said, I was a bad gift giver, because the PS4 is out, and that's the new hotness, and I'm going out of my way to give my friends a PS2, this old-ass tech, of all things, well, guess what, the PS4, it's nice, it's shiny, it's new, 
don't get me wrong, but that PS2, there's a lot of people out there that have real great memories with it. And there's a lot of people that would just light up if you give them a PS2, even if they don't use it that much. It would just be that thought that really counts as well. And I feel like they could appreciate it where it's like, wow, you bought this because you knew that I loved this growing up or I loved this when I was in college or something. And also, I guess that it's raw instinct as well too. God damn it, it's a present. Like, someone gives you something for free, regardless of what it is. It could be, it, it, I don't know, I'm just looking at my desk for something. It could be a flash drive. Someone gives it to you, you're appreciative of it, all right? You're, I, I feel like some of these people, like, you know, the, the ones who were saying, like, oh, yeah, this was a real bad present or something. If somebody that you respected or someone that you loved went out of their way to give you a system that you had grown up with, like a PS2 in this case, would you tell them? oh, this is a shitty present, you should have gotten me a PS4, or would you be appreciative? Because I feel like these people would say, oh, this is a shitty present, but if they got that same present from someone they really loved or respected or both, they'd be really appreciative of it. So, that's just me. And again, it's, you know, systems like that, they're they're affordable enough. And, and by affordable, I mean it's like a system that's under, you know, $100 or so to get it all set up and everything. So, it's not too bank-breaking if you know that's going to be your limits there oh man what else can i talk about here what else i do have a i do have one other thing i i guess this is a little bit negative but i, I hope it will be you know funny here so for anyone that doesn't know i've i've mentioned this maybe a few times here and there i don't know if i've mentioned it on the channel but I think it's been, like, on, on the podcast, excuse me. But I think it's been, you know, elsewhere on the channel and maybe on social media or something. So, at work, I do have a day job that I do work at and everything. We have something called Waffle Wednesday. And it's been a long-standing tradition on my team. And starting very, like, at the beginning of summer, the reins were handed off to me. And I was kind of put into, it was kind of forced on me. But I could have said no, and I said, all right, you know what, why the hell not? It was pretty much, hey, we need to find someone for this immediately. Can you come in a little bit early on Wednesdays and do this? It's super easy. I'll show you how to do all of it. And I feel like I've maintained it pretty well. Um, I've actually got, like, everything documented. There's very specific things that we do for Waffle Wednesday and ways we handle and cook certain things. So I have all that documented. I have gotten major props for doing that after I got a few laughs, admittedly. Some people were making fun of it. And then other people, like management, saw it, and they're like, wow, that's actually really impressive. No, that's actually really cool. So, um, and it got even more respect. I'll tell you this, that documentation got more respect when I had someone else sub in for me for Waffle Wednesday and they messed up like everything and everything they messed up. I told them multiple times. I said, I've got complaints. I got people annoyed about what happened. I heard all these other bad things. Like there wasn't enough food and everything could have been remedied. If you read the instructions that I wrote out here Everything was in that document. My entire Waffle Wednesday job was there. So nothing really bad has happened, thankfully, with it. Except at one point, and this was, I guess, kind of related to Thanksgiving and such. Because it was Thanksgiving, um, I actually, I took that week off. So I did not work on that Wednesday. And then Thanksgiving was on Thursday. So I said, all right. Uh, if you all want to do Waffle Wednesday without me, that's fine, but there might not be that many people in the office, so it's it's up to your discretion. You all choose that Wednesday. 
and they chose no. But one of the other things we do is we end up cooking up just like a whole mess of scrambled eggs with like cheese and sausage and all this other good stuff in there, right? So the person who is responsible for bringing in all the supplies end up bringing in the eggs. And it's not just like a few eggs. It's three dozen eggs, all right? <laughs> he brings in three dozen eggs. Waffle Wednesday doesn't happen. So he ends up storing them somewhere. So he didn't buy any for the next week because logically you don't need to, right? You ended up paying for eggs last week and you're going to use them this week because they weren't used last week. So that was the idea. So I went in the week after Thanksgiving, so the first week of December, and I start working on it and I'm cooking up the waffles. Everything's fine. I'm getting to a point where I need to switch over to the eggs and I start looking. I don't find them. And then I find out that you know, the guy didn't bring them in today because logically he brought them in last week and they weren't used. So I asked him where they were. He told me where he put them. I look around two, three, four times, nothing. I end up asking someone else to look for me to make sure I'm not crazy. He can't find them either. It turns out, and we still don't know who at this point, some selfish person ended up stealing three dozen eggs. So I called them out, you know, on our internal chat and everything. I was like, Hey, you know, I just want to extend a huge shout out to whoever decided to steal the three dozen eggs that were not used last week. Your bravery and courage ensured and guaranteed the fact that we would not have eggs this week for Waffle Wednesday. And several people were asking, like, well, maybe they're here. Well, maybe this happened. Well, does this person know? I said, nope, 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 nope to everything. Like, I don't know. So that's the first time that's happened. I was like, man, that is that is not cool. It's the principle of it. And then the funny thing is, like, people on my team were talking about it, and they were just like, who takes eggs? Like, seriously, who takes – it's like – that was like 3 or $4 worth of eggs. What's going on? Eggs are cheap. And I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't know, all right? It's very simple. You just don't have to steal them. And some people were asking, well, were they on this table? Were they just swiped? I said, no, because they were put in this fridge. But I've looked there like five, six times at this point. They're not there. Point is, so somebody – really wanted some damn eggs, and they decided to take them away from everywhere else. And that's just, that's shameful, man. <laughs> Those are the type of issues I'm dealing with in December. But thankfully, that's a very nice issue to deal with. That's really not that big of a deal. Thank goodness. So, I, I would like to see if I can get this episode to be around an hour long. Because the idea has been, for these episodes, Mario Minute, Mario's Minute, I'd like to do, you know, about an hour for a solo episode, maybe an hour and a half, two hours max for a guest episode. And I know I have not obeyed that for a while, but man, I will tell you, I, I do get tired when I'm recording this, especially on those guest episodes. Once we go on for over two hours, yo, anything after that two hour mark, I am just shot at that point. I am truly shot. So even some of them that have gotten in close to three hours, I think you kind of hear near the end, I'm trying to like rein it in a little bit. I'm like, dude, we need to finish up. We need to finish up. So just trying to cap that here. But I guess with that, the, the very last thing I want to talk about in this last episode of Mario's Minute for 2019, don't worry, Mario's Minute is coming back in 2020. I really like doing this. I know it doesn't get a ton of downloads. It doesn't get a ton of views, but it's something personal that is for me to you all, for us to, you know, hang out over and talk over, and all that, and the people, the few people that listen to this podcast, really fuck with it, so this is just my, my 100% truly personal outlet that I get to do once a month, every month, and I very much enjoy it, just, it's therapeutic, it's fun for me, but for the last thing, I want to talk about what games I've been playing, and, and this one is going to be a little bit different, 
So I guess I'm going to go over a few games very quickly, and I'm going to talk about the games I haven't finished. And the reason why I'm going to do it that way compared to other months is because I will have, actually by the time this has come out, I would have already had a video that came out that is discussing every single game that I beat in 2019. And many, if, if you've been listening to this podcast for most or all or a little bit of 2019, I'm sure some of it's going to be a repeat for you. But either way, I'm going to have a video about all that. So all the games I end up beating in December, I'm going to talk about there, but some of the games that maybe I beat and I didn't include in that video um, because I might have beat after the video or some of the games I'm just playing right now, uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit further here. So real quick, the games I finished this month were My Friend Pedro, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the 2019 version, Hidden Agenda, and Sinran Kagura Peach Ball. Those are the ones that I talk about on uh, Mar- on that video. The one where I it's the beat a game a month challenge. And I beat four right there. Now there's a few other games, like two other games at least right now, that I have finished and I didn't put them on the video. One of them being Halo Reach. And I completely forgot to talk about this one. But I played Halo Reach on the Master Chief Collection. And this has been different because... How do I say it? Halo Reach came out at a time where I was not playing video games and where I was barely playing. I'm talking like I was playing 30 minutes a month with maybe some exceptions here or there. And it wasn't just that. I actually just had like a real disdain and a pessimistic look at video games. And I attribute a lot of that to just like working in retail and working at a game shop, ironically enough, Um, just working at that game store, like it really burnt me out on video games. So when I first worked there, I was playing a ton and then I stopped for like two years and right like maybe two months before I quit, uh, I started picking up gaming again and it came back. So it it just, it kind of burnt me out. That's why I might not just, I I really don't want to work in a game store again because I really like video games. I don't want to burn myself out on that. But Halo Reach came out around that time, really wasn't interested in games, really wasn't playing anything. Um, I think, I don't even think I played the Reach beta, actually. No, I think I played one game of it, funny enough. Uh, But I remember at one point I did pick up Halo Reach. I waited several months until after it came out, and I'd picked it up, and I actually played this going into the new year. I was kind of just by myself, not doing anything, and I said, fuck it, I'm going to play through Halo Reach, this is going to take like eight hours. And I did, and I'll tell you, I remember almost nothing from this game. Uh, I remember the beginning, and I remember the end. And I remember that I didn't like the game that much. And I was really disappointed, uh, not just because of my pessimistic look at games, but just because it, I, I didn't really like it that much as a Halo game, sadly. And I was, I was a real, real big Halo fan. I would still say I'm a Halo fan. I'm not huge, but I am still a Halo fan to this day. But it was just disappointing, you know? So... I played through it, meh, and I never really played through it or really touched it again. And for anybody that might or might not know, Halo Reach just released on the Master Chief Collection. Uh, It is now on the Xbox version of the Master Chief Collection. If you pay $10 or if you have Game Pass, you're able to play it through the Master Chief Collection or... Uh, if you're on PC, you can end up buying the Master Chief Collection, or I think you can even buy Halo Reach separately, and you can only just play that module on Master Chief Collection. Point is, that's the only game you can play on Master Chief Collection on PC. 
and that is like one of the best deals now, mind you. Just kind of a side tangent here, Master Chief, Master Chief Collection gets you Halo 1, 2, 3, 4, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo Reach. It gets you six games right there. That is such an amazing package, and it's fixed, so it actually works. But I digress. I decided to play through Halo Reach again, and it's still not my favorite Halo game. Um, I, there's a lot that I'm really not crazy about in the game. Um, I just, I mean, we all knew the story of you reached like, look, okay. If, if you don't know about Halo Reach, you've had shit. You've had since the fall of Reach released. You've had since 2001 to know the story. All right. If you don't know the story at all, you've had since 2010 to play the game. Point is, it's a prequel. It takes place right before Halo. Literally, the ending, the very end of Halo Reach proceeds into Halo. There are scenes from the first Halo game that repeat at the very end of Halo Reach. So you are playing right up until the first Halo game takes place, which I thought that was a very nice touch. But you're playing as, you know, your team on Halo Reach, and you know of the team that was on Reach, and the name is escaping me right now, but your main character that you're playing as the whole time is Noble Six, and you're just playing through the game, and it tells a story of how your team ended up falling from 6 to 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and the game ends with your death. And I, I thought in that aspect, it was really great. It was a really unique way of looking in the Halo universe and such and playing through that. The epilogue, I have to say, might be, even though I'm not crazy about the game, it might be still to this day one of my favorite moments in just in Halo history. The epilogue where, you know, the fought, the Pillar of Autumn has already flown off and you're Noble Six and just that beautiful epilogue piano music comes in. And then at that point, your final objective is just to survive and you play the game until you die. And when you die, it's game over. Like, the game ends at that point. Um, that was just done beautifully, in my opinion. And that is, even even back then, I recognize it. I'm like, look, I don't like Halo Reach, but that is one of the, the best moments in the Halo games that I've ever played through. Which is why I remembered the epilogue so well. But I played through this, and I very much enjoyed it. Again, there there are still things I'm not really too crazy about, like... I feel like they could have elaborated on the story so much more. Yeah, people can say go and read the book, but you know, the story in in the game itself just seemed so paper thin and it felt like they really could have provided a lot more story, a lot more context in the game aside from saying, "Hey, this is your team and it takes place before Halo and here you're going to see them die off." I didn't feel like I get got attached to any of the characters, but the actual game itself was so fun. And it made me realize that I, I really do miss, like, regularly playing, you know, a good Halo campaign. So, Halo Reach, uh, my opinion on it has changed quite a bit. Um, I very much enjoy the game. I will say it is still not a go-to. It is still not my favorite in the series by any means. The epilogue is still one of the best moments in Halo gameplay I have ever played through, and I absolutely love that. Love everything about that, but um, anything else on that? Like, no, I don't have a super pessimistic look at it, thankfully. So, there's that. And the next game that I end up finishing was After Party. Now, I had played another game earlier this year called Oxenfree, and this is from the same developers. And I could see what they were doing. It seemed like it was a bigger game. It was supposed to be a better game. The Xbox One version, I'm playing on Xbox One X, mind you. But the Xbox One version played, um, and I've been liking, by the way, by the way, just side tangent, 
I've been liking the Xbox One more. I've been liking the ecosystem more. I've been liking Game Pass. Like, I thought Game Pass was a great deal. But I've been liking the Xbox One more, and I've been using it. And this I'm not going to blame on the Xbox One X, right? Because I was getting a lot of performance issues. And that one I'm going to say that's 100% the development team right there, okay? That is the development behind After Party because Oxenfree had no performance issues at all. But After Party had a ton of stuttering and all this other stuff. So in short, it's you and your friend and you're both at a college party and you're getting drunk and then you realize that you're in hell and you find out that you died 10 minutes ago and your goal is to get out of hell it's funny it's witty i think the thing for me is though i and i experienced this with a lot of games unfortunately but i was just i felt like it was it was okay i i liked oxen free a lot more i liked the tone of it a lot more i feel like it stayed its welcome long enough oxen free was a very short game after party is short as well but it was longer than oxen free Oxenfree you can finish in like two or three hours and it's great like it everything about that package was perfect to me but after party there's you know there's all the little hiccups right there and then that even affects the story too because there's this game is extremely dialogue heavy and there's times the dialogue will cut off one time it ended up repeating itself uh, and sometimes if you walk too fast the dialogue just cuts off and goes into the next piece of dialogue so you missed what was supposed to happen and while this game is still short it felt like it was a longer game than oxen free and it probably is if i you know match it up for time and such but it felt like it was overstaying its welcome to me if that makes any sense so it was one of those games i finished it i didn't really feel a certain way about it and i said you know that was that was kind of disappointing if anything like i can see they were trying to go bigger and better um i think they attempted it to me, it didn't resonate as much as Oxenfree did. Like, if I could pick pick between the two, I would replay Oxenfree like that. But After Party, not so much. Eh, I don't know. I think the last thing, though, I can say in regards to, uh, you know, the last two games I talked about with the main one being Halo Reach, I actually ran into this issue. And this is one of those things, man, I just kind of just want to talk about the Xbox One X for like two minutes here. You know, I, I've... I've been liking the ecosystem more. I've been having less issues with it. I've been playing more on it. I've been enjoying it more. And then it's shit like this that just brings me one or two steps back, which is really frustrating. And maybe I'm going to sound a little bit entitled about this, right? But just hear me out here. So when I fired up Master Chief Collection, um, recently I got a new TV as well too, like 4K HDR, all the bells and whistles. So I fired up Master Chief Collection. I was excited. I hit, you know, the the options button or start at the main menu, and it's super dark. It is near black. I can't see anything. I go out to the dashboard. It's fine. I bring up my guide. It's fine. I play any other game. It's fine. But I go back into Master Chief Collection. It is nearly pitch black. So I say, you know what? I can at least navigate the menus. I start a game of Reach, almost pitch black. Uh, this is this is beyond brightness settings, all right? I can't even see the brightness settings in the game, and the brightness settings on my TV are just fine. I really haven't tweaked them, and I have my TV running in game mode, so it's not doing any additional processing. And again, it's only been the Xbox One X that had this issue on this one specific game, which was infuriating to me, because I'm like, I'm going out of my way, I feel like, to, see, to, to play the Xbox One X over my other systems here. I really want to play Halo Reach. I really want to play this, which is a game at that point. I said, this is a game I don't even really like, but I'm trying to go out of my way to play it, and I can't. So I posted up a few photos of it on Twitter, 
and one person ended up recommending, they said, that might be an HDR issue. Have you tried disabling that? So I went into my settings on the Xbox One, disabled HDR. Go back into Master Chief Collection, that fixes it. Awesome. The problem is that's not a fix on principle. That is not a fix at all. That is a workaround. And to me, this is where, you know, I step one or two steps back in liking the Xbox One. To me, it's just, it's so infuriating that this is, I, I'm, I'm going to use this line. This is the marketing line they had. This is the most powerful system in the world. That is what Microsoft touts it as. This is the best console on the market. And I cannot play your flagship title with HDR enabled. Which is, you know, th this is the whole new thing, you know, the, the whole new visual thing. It's 4K, it's HDR, all that stuff. And some people might say, oh, that's not Microsoft's fault, it's the development team. And you're right, it's, it's the development team. But you also have to realize as well too, Halo is synonymous with Xbox. And I think it is a huge deal when there's something like this where, you know, you're touting, you have the most powerful console on the market, 4K, 4K, this is HDR compliant, it's HDR compatible, and your flag, one of your flagship titles that you are really gunning after, it's no longer a Xbox exclusive, but it is a Microsoft exclu exclusive, that's what you've been known for, that's what you came swinging out the gate with back in 2001 with your first console on the market, it can't render properly with HDR enabled. You have to disable HDR for the whole system. Even with that, it's like, if, if Master Chief Collection cannot handle HDR, cool. It issue a hotfix real quick, so that when you boot up this application, HDR just disables on this application. It's enabled everywhere else, it doesn't affect your other stuff, but HDR just automatically disables for Master Chief Collection until it gets updated. Until it gets fixed. Properly fixed, not a workaround. <sighs> I think the worst thing about that as well, too, is for some time, for like an hour or two, because I did not figure it out, I didn't try to disable HDR when this was going on, I switched over to the PS4 so I could try out Modern Warfare. I, I, I felt so... I was disappointed in my gaming self for choosing Call of Duty over Halo because of a technical issue like this. But I wanted to play something, I was in the mood to play something, I had the time to play something, I wanted to play a shooter, and Reach, I, I had no option, I, I couldn't look at it, I really couldn't, until I figured out to turn off HDR later, thanks to someone on Twitter, so, that's what happens, that's what happens sometimes, goddamn, with, with that rant, I guess that's how we're ending 2019, alright? Uh, my next video 2019, which is going to be the last one, is going to be me giving my Game of the Year thoughts and choosing what Game of the Year is going to be. You all have already heard what Game of the Year is. I don't think I've revealed it. I've probably hinted at it. I have definitely talked about it on this channel. Uh, but I'll say this. This is the last hint I'll give. If you follow me on social media, mainly Twitter, it's... This is not going to be a surprise. The, the choice that I choose is not at all going to be a surprise as to what I pick for 2019 Game of the Year. But yeah, with that, I hope you all have a... I, I hope you all have had a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate that. I hope you all have an excellent Christmas if you celebrate that. But more importantly, everyone is going to be going into the new year. And, and I truly hope that everyone has a safe and happy new year. I want you all to be safe December 31st. I want you all to recover from any parting you did or just take a break on January 1st. I want everyone to be safe because everyone who is listening to this, you know, D D December 25th, 2019, or maybe shortly after, I want to make sure you have the ability 
to come back next month. I'm not forcing you to come back. If you if you say this is the last episode of Mario's Minute I want to listen to, that's totally fine. But I want to get, make sure you have that option. I still want you to be in the land of the living. I still want you to be safe. A lot of people do dumb shit New Year's, all right? There's no reason to, okay? There's no reason to do that, right? It's, it's, it's New Year's. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, again, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. Thank you all so much for listening and watching. And I do have to pick, uh, right, don't I? I do have to pick a, a keyword here. What keyword do I want to use? What keyword do I want to use? How about party? Let's talk about that. If you use the word party in your comment at all, I will know that you made it until the end of this, uh, of this, not, I almost said tutorial, what the hell? I don't know you made it to the end of this podcast. And if you are listening to this podcast and you're questioning where to comment, it would be on the YouTube upload. Just come to my YouTube channel, Mr. Mario 2011, find Mario's Minute Episode 24, and use the word party in a comment. Maybe you want to talk about After Party, the video game. Maybe you want to talk about the party you just went to. Maybe the party that you're planning. Maybe you absolutely hate parties in any sense of the word maybe you're completely against them maybe you love parties i don't know it's totally up to you uh, but either way uh use the word party in your comment on youtube and i'll know you made it until the end and this will be the end until next year so thank you all for listening and watching everyone and until next month and next year see ya